0: Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hello and welcome to Israel and You, where we bring Israel and the Jewish people into focus. I'm Aaron Free and we have a Wonderful program lined up today. The first half of the program, we're going to talk about your divine connection to Israel. In the second half, we're going to interview a very special guest, Joshua David Washington, the director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. There's a growing movement within the African-American community to embrace Israel, and Joshua will be here in the second half to tell us about what God is doing in the African-American community community and their relationship and their love for Israel. So Israel team, we're we're turning the tide in uh, the evangelical community where there's a decline, especially within the millennial college age uh, uh, students in their support of Israel. And if you would like to go to Israelteam.org, we encourage you to sign up and join uh, the team, join Israel Team. You'll get weekly updates about what's happening around America in the decline of support of Israel. You'll get updates about what's happening in, in Israel. And this uh, week is our last week to offer the special 15-page booklet entitled The Ancient Jewish Concept of Blessing. It's full color, it's beautiful presentation of this wonderful concept of the principle of blessing your family and blessing your children, the principle of uh, the table and joining together as a family around the table. And if you go to Israelteam.org, you can press the donate button. And for any donation of any size, you'll be able to immediately download this beautiful curriculum to help you in the blessing of your children. So we've been talking beginning last week about your divine connection to Israel. And if you desire to see how God deals with you in love and mercy and uh, correction, just look at Israel. Mount Sinai, God gathered Israel. Then Israel did not seek God and departed after idols. And so Israel was scattered, uh, various captivities and droughts and wars and destruction and the diaspora to all the nations of the earth. And God gathered Israel at Mount Sinai. He heard their cries. And then because of their sin, they were scattered in judgment and discipline. And we see this throughout the entire Old Testament, this gathering and scattering. And you might say, what does this have to do with me? Well, everything, really. There's a wonderful verse in Jeremiah 31.10. It says, hear the word of the Lord, O you nations. Who's God speaking to? He's speaking to you. Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it to the isles afar off and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So who is the Lord speaking to? He's speaking to the people from the nations of the earth. What is God saying? I scattered Israel among the nations of the earth, but I will one day gather Israel again to myself in mercy. Ezekiel 37, 21 says the same thing. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them. From all around and bring them back into their own land. So today, Israel is being gathered from the nations of the earth. They're being restored to their inheritance, and it's happening before our very eyes. In Israel's sin, God brought correction and judgment, yes, but God remembers mercy, and God deals with you and I in the same way He deals with Israel. God's judgment is His mercy. You can't separate the character of God. And when God disciplines me and corrects me, I'm under his judgment for my sin, but it's his mercy in action. God's mercy is his judgment. God's judgment is his mercy. And I have four children and I loved them. And because I love them, they're all grown now, but because I love them when I was raising them, I corrected them. So when I corrected them, was it judgment or mercy? It was both. My correction was an act of love and mercy. The boundaries I set for them was an act of mercy. Someone once said, raise your children and spoil your grandchildren, because if you spoil your children, you will end up raising your grandchildren. And that's so true. And so I I didn't spoil my four children because I loved them and I corrected them and I disciplined them so that one day they would be good parents and they would raise good children. And I have this wonderful wonderful privilege now of spoiling my grandchildren because I corrected and raised my children. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And that's so true. So if you and I do not grasp the judgment and mercy of God in Israel's story, the scattering and the gathering, we will fail to understand it in our own life stories. We'll totally misunderstand God's way of relating to us as a loving father. So today, as we see the Jewish people being regathered to the land of their inheritance, it's a message for us. If I have strayed away from the Lord, if I have rejected his commandments, and I've ended up in a place of his discipline and correction, God has not forgotten his mercy for my life because his judgment is his mercy in action. The Bible says the goodness of God leads to repentance. It's his loving mercy that gathers me to his arms when I return with a repentant heart. One of the most remarkable things about traveling through Israel and those of you who have been through the land, it's amazing to see and uh, interact with Jewish people from all the nations on the planet, uh, Argentina and Mexico and uh, countries throughout Europe. I was one day walking on the beach, Caesarea, and uh, heard a couple from Scotland and they were walking their dog along the beach. And I said, hey, you know, where are you from? They said, well, we're from Scotland. I said, are you Jewish? Yes. And when did you come to the land? We, we just made Aliyah. We felt the Lord was tugging our hearts uh, to move to Israel. And so it's a supernatural happening. God is gathering Israel from the nations of the earth in his mercy. March 3rd, right before COVID broke out, I was uh, in the White House and I had the the privilege and the honor to open in prayer. I, I prayed the ironic blessing in Hebrew and then in English, and it was a briefing on anti-Semitism. There's a few hundred uh, evangelical and Jewish leaders there, and um, one of the speakers, his name was Avi Berkowitz. He was a young, is a young Jewish lawyer from Harvard. He's Jared Kushner's uh, assistant, and together they're writing this this uh, Middle East peace plan And the irony has not left me since that day at the White House on March 3rd, because Avi Berkowitz, his name Avi, is short for Abraham. So his name is actually Abraham Berkowitz. And Abraham from the Bible, he had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. And many say that the Arab people today are descendants of Ishmael. Abraham loved both sons, but there's been this historical enmity between the two, and radical Islam says that Ishmael is the son of promise. And one by one, what we're seeing today, these Arab nations are making peace with their Israeli neighbors. United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and other nations are coming into this peace agreement. Uh, Saudi Arabia is soon to follow. So when the peace accord was signed at the White House on September 15th, just over a month ago, Avi Abraham Berkowitz was in the picture And it's interesting that the peace accord is entitled the Abraham Accords. And what's very interesting to me is that today Jewish people, because the travel's been opened up between Israel and these Arab nations, uh, the Jewish people are able to travel uh, for the first time in many years to these countries where they've not been allowed because they're Jews. So they're really... Now being able to walk on the outer limits of the land God promised to Abraham. These are prophetic days that we're living in. So what does all this mean for you and I? There's a parallel restoration happening today in the world as God gathers Israel to her land. He is also gathering the nations to himself. An end time harvest of souls will coincide with Israel's regathering. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival has historically been connected to Israel's regathering to her own land. Consider these facts uh, from revival history. In the late 1600s, Jews began to slowly immigrate to Palestine. This regathering would slightly stir and intensify through the 1700s. By 1850, 10,000 Jews would inhabit uh, Palestine. The revival parallel The grandfather of Jonathan Edwards, Solomon Stoddard, reported the fires of revival were kindled in Northampton, Massachusetts, 1679 to 1718. The 1700s would see the evangelistic ministries of Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, and John Wesley flourish. These stirrings would usher in the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening that would last through most of the 1700s. Beginning in 1860s, Jews began to establish Jewish villages in Palestine. This small effort continued throughout 1860 to 1890. The revival parallel, revival sprang up in Scotland and Ireland in 1873 that were led by Dwight L. Moody. Moody and Ira Sankey returned to the U.S. to lead revivals in Brooklyn, Philadelphia, New York City, Chicago, and Boston. In uh, 1948, after 2,000 years of separation of, From their land, Israel is granted statehood. What's the revival parallel? In the late 1940s and early 1950s, international explosive evangelistic ministries hit the world stage under the leadership of Billy Graham, Bill Bright, and many others. So can you see how when God restores and regathers his people to the land of their inheritance, something is happening spiritually in revival in the nations of the earth? Israel regains Jerusalem in 1967 during the Six-Day War after 2,500 years of being trampled underfoot by foreign powers. What happened in the nations in 1967? There was a great revival. It was called the Jesus People Movement. And during this period, Millions of souls, and I'm sure that many listening to me today, many souls came into the kingdom in the late 1960s, early 70s, but it, it began with uh, the recommissioning of the state of Israel in, 19, in uh, 1968 when the Jews uh, came back to Jerusalem for the first time. So we see this parallel uh, throughout history when God does something in the restoration of of Israel, something happens in in the nations. In 1989 to 1990, the Soviet Union released one million Jews from the bondage of communism and allowed them to immigrate to Israel, fulfilling Jeremiah 16, 14 through 15. What's the revival parallel? What happened in 1990 as a million Jewish people are being released from the bondage in, in the Soviet Union? What happened? in uh, the nations in revival well as the jews are released from the bondage and suppression of the religion of communism 1989 to 1990 the promise keeper movement launches in america and stadiums are filled with thousands upon thousands of men breaking spiritual strongholds in their life so what does israel have to do with you We see this throughout the entire Old Testament. We see this in our age today, that uh, God, in his mercy, he gathers, and then in his discipline, he scatters. And again, in his mercy, again, the, the story isn't over because God is regathering his people to the land of their inheritance. And the same works in our own life as God is regathering them there's the winds of revival that will be blowing through the lands in these last days of time, in in a final harvest of souls. So it's very important that we understand what God's doing in Israel today, and so we encourage you this uh, our last week of of offering the special gift, the ancient Jewish concept of blessing. You can go to our website, Israelteam.org. And for a donation of any uh, size, you can instantaneously download this 15-page booklet on this wonderful concept of blessing. You can also sign up uh, to receive uh, weekly email updates of what's happening in Israel. Uh, There's articles and uh, lots of great educational information on our website. We talk about these kinds of issues, your relationship to Israel, what it means to you. So we encourage you to go to IsraelTeam.org and and help us as we go out uh, to America, to college campuses in this decline of support of Israel and the Jewish people. We work on college campuses to help evangelical students understand their connection to Israel. So coming up on the second half is our friend Joshua David Washington from the Institute of Black Solidarity with Israel. See you on the other side. Hi, this is Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. And we are really an educational nonprofit that is helping Christians understand the roots of their faith, go deep in Hebraic thought, and uh, evangelicalism, the millennial generation specifically is turning away from Israel. So the, the main focus of our organization is mainly on evangelical college campuses where we're trying to turn the tide because within 10 years, think of this, evangelicalism could very well be anti-Israel because of the media, social justice movement that is swaying the minds of the younger generation. And so one evangelical campus I was recently on Professor told me they they brought in a speaker from Israel to talk about the Jewish people and there was almost a riot on campus. There was a a group on campus known as the Students for Justice of of, uh, Palestine and they caused such a ruckus that they had to shut down the chapel service. So these are the things happening out there on evangelical college campuses across America. So what we do is we're building a bridge, a bridge towards the next generation to help them understand their connection to Israel. And wonderfully, Israel team has just received a matching grant for twenty-eight thousand dollars from a large foundation that has examined our mission of doing presentations on evangelical college campuses, doing roundtable discussions with professors about this issue of replacement theology, and for matching dollar for dollar over the next three months. If you would like to help us in our mission, you can uh, send your gift. To Israel Team, P.O. Box 91779, Mobile, Alabama, 36691. Or you can go to our website, IsraelTeam.org, and you can donate there to help us uh, fulfill this matching grant, dollar for dollar, up to $28,000. Thank you, and God bless you. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome back to Israel and You, Our special guest today is Joshua David Washington. Joshua is a millennial evangelical. He's the director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. Joshua is a writer and speaker. He writes extensively for publications like The Times of Israel. He's written a chapter for Israel Team's forthcoming book, The Casualty of Contempt. It's about the alarming rise of anti-Semitism and what we can do to stop it. Joshua's chapter is entitled, The Palestinian Appropriation of Black Pain. Joshua is married to Olga Mishwe, Washington. Olga is a South African. She's written a chapter for our new book as well, entitled, Why Israel is Not an Apartheid State. Uh, Joshua and Olga, they have a wonderful, beautiful little boy, almost two years old. His name is Ezra. So Joshua, welcome to Israel and you.
1: Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's great to have you, Joshua. And um, what is the Institute for the Black Solidarity with Israel?
1: So, uh Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, or IBSI, is an organization that was started in 2013 by my father, Dumisani uh, Washington. Uh, after his first visit to Israel in 2012, he returned with the... With, uh, like a new focus on strengthening Black Jewish and, and Africa Israel solidarity. Um, so it's the exists in that vein, and that's that's our that's our main focus.
0: Wow, so there's there's this wonderful new thing that God is doing in uh, just melting the African community African American community's heart uh, towards the Jewish people, and there's this. You know brotherhood and sisterhood that's being established, and why is uh, a strong Black Jewish relationship important to you?
1: Well, <clears throat> so at, at Ipsy we we teach that uh, the beginning of the Black Jewish or after Israel synergy was about three thousand years ago when when Queen Makeda or as we know or as Queen Sheba so will be visited King Solomon in Jerusalem. Um, we teach here that. It's the only time in Israel's history that a foreign head of state visited the capital city as an ally and blessed the Jewish people, and brought a willing tribute, which included something like four tons of gold. So, um, you know, and to this day, we see that Israel enjoys good relations with the vast majority of African nations. Um, so, you know, for me, it's it's important to highlight those things and also to help facilitate, um, you know, strengthening. Relationship between the two, um, and you know, it, it, as far as America goes, the Black Jewish cooperation began with Booker T. Washington and Julius Rosenwald, uh, and it really changed the course of American history. Uh, decades before Dr. King and Rabbi Heschel partnered during the Civil Rights Movement, it really was a time where Black and Jewish unity um, thrived, and whenever that happens, Really, it's good for the world. Whether we're talking about Israel-Africa or uh, Black-Jewish relations, it's, it's good for everyone.
0: Yeah, in the in our book, "The Casualty of Contempt," <clears throat> you wrote a chapter: the Palestinian appropriation of Black pain. And so we're seeing this, you know, throughout the world today, where uh, there's a communication towards the African American community. Uh, the black community worldwide, and uh, can you explain, you know, what you talk about in that chapter?
1: Absolutely. So that chapter, um, and that's also um, a part of what I wrote in, in, in the Times Mirror article as well. It it really uncovers and focuses on how the black civil rights movement, how how some of the black civil rights movement became anti. Israel, anti-Zionist, and what were some of the attempts by Palestinian leaders to sort of isolate Israel and the Jewish people um, on uh, on a, a cultural level through the civil rights movement, um, and how you know how successful it was in, in many different ways. Um, you know, we unfortunately we can look back and we can see uh, historical black figures who were against Israel. But um, this, this the chapter kind of shines light on that and shows how that actually happened and some of the both the manipulation and the bias that already existed in, in some individuals that caused this, this plant that really is, is was was anti Semitic translated into being anti Israel. So that, that chapter really brings light to, to that fact and I think it was my attempt to disarm uh, some of these current figures now, especially in the black community, who equate standing against Israel with, with civil rights. You know, it's my attempt to kind of disarm those arguments and to really show people what's what behind that and why standing with Israel actually is uh, a civil rights issue. Zionism is civil rights. Standing with Israel is something that, that all everyone should do, but, but it is something that's very near and dear to the black community's heart.
0: Your chapter was really educational, and remarkable. And there's so many things in that chapter that I had really not understood before. And you, you talk about the, the passion and the heart that uh, Dr. King had for the Jewish community and for the regathering of, of Jews back to Israel. And can you talk about that relationship uh, of, that Dr. King had with the Jewish community in the States
1: Absolutely. I mean, Dr. King, I think, was the the most vocal, the, the most staunch, staunchly pro-Israel um, black civil rights leader or, or black American figure at the time. Uh, by far. I mean, he he made no bones about it. He was he was a good friend to the Jewish community. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, he he was good friends with with Rabbi Joshua Heschel, and and he spoke many different events. One event in particular, he he spoke, it was 10 days before he was assassinated. He was at the rabbinical assembly, and he was invited to come and speak, and he, it was an extensive interview that he partook in, where uh, the the rabbi that was interviewing him asked him many, many questions. They, they covered all sorts of topics, but one of the topics that they talk about it is not just Israel, but the relationship between Black Americans and, and Jewish Americans, and um, he ad- Martin Luther King addressed those things, and one of the things that he said was, or one of the things that he was asked was how he would respond to the the growing, what, what seemed to be a growing a rising tide of anti-Semitism coming from the radical wing of, of the Civil Rights Movement. And the first thing that Dr. King talks about is this, this thing of being color-consumed. He said there are some in our community who are color-consumed, who see a sort of mystique in being colored, and then anything non-colored is condemned, and, and what he was talking about was people who, um, he was addressing those people who see, for whatever reason, not only do they look at Israel in a bad light, but they see Jews as, um, you know, just basically other white people and there are they're, oppressors just like white people were back then, and, and they're the cause of all our issues. And so not only was that not true, but Dr. King addressed really, I think, what what, what we're seeing now with all the with with some of the radical left movements that we're seeing um, in this country with, with, with Black Lives Matter, with so many other things, is that color consumption of um, even just the whole ideology of, of social justice and... and um, you know, um, intersectionality, it's that whole idea that color really is more important than your character, which is what Dr. King said the opposite of. Um, And so he addressed that there before he even talked about how he saw Israel as an oasis, a brotherhood of uh, oasis of brotherhood and and a democracy. Uh, He talked about, he addressed that thing that there's this racial thing going on that really needs to be stopped, which is seeing people just based on their color so no he very much defended the jewish people and in in defense he would defend the jewish people even against some of his own people in the black community um i think that that just shows how what a what, great friend he was to jewish people
0: joshua if people want to follow you and and maybe join uh membership in the institute of black solidarity how do they get in contact with you
1: um, so if we, um so we are non, we're not a membership driven organization but we're a teaching institution that really uh, provides resources to people and organizations across the US as well as Africa and Israel so um, we do a lot of different things empowering religious leaders and community leaders if you want to follow us uh, you, can, you can you know we are all over social media um, at IBC now and um, you know we have there's a mailing list You can join as well That's on there To follow our updates And there's also A book that's coming out That uh, our founder My father Is finishing up now Called Binding for the Black Church uh, That is, You can pre-order it now um, on, our, on our website If so you go to mc-now.org And click shop You'll see that there And you can, you can pre-order it And have it ready For what it's done
0: That's great Joshua It's so good to have you today On Israel and You
1: Thank you so much Eric